0: Hello, and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns. This is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales to acquire more customers for your business so you can achieve your vision. And when I think of visionaries in the video space, I think of our guest here today, not Ian Garlick, Ian Garlick. Those who actually know him, call him by his correct name. Ian Garlick is here talking about video and it's from garlic studios and from his brand new book, which is video testimonials that land the big fish, which we will leave links in the show notes, especially for you, the perpetual traffic listeners. So definitely check that out. We're going to be talking about how you're doing video all wrong today. Is that safe to say? I am garlic. Welcome back to uh, perpetual traffic, by the way.
1: Thank you for having me back. I am so psyched. Wow. That was really nice for you to say visionary, 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 (laughs) I think most people, especially for their agency, are doing it all wrong, especially because they do a lot of B2C. And so then they think B2C works for B2B. And any company that's B2B is most likely doing video the wrong way. Yeah. So we can talk all about that today and how
0: to fix it. Oh, God. We've got a lot to say on this subject. All right. So before we get into that, and some of these insights are going to be about Alex Hermosey, Gary Vaynerchuk, how you can do the opposite of what they're doing. In order to really help grow your business so tease tease to the regular part of the interview can you drop a nugget to the perpetual traffic listener something that maybe you know that you do almost unconsciously that somebody can implement almost immediately
1: to help scale and grow their business so it's a fundamental like you love sports i love sports fundamentals win games fundamentals win games But the fundamental is, and Christopher Lockhead, I don't don't know if you had him on the podcast, but he's an amazing author, category design, all that stuff, and we were talking about it. And I've been saying this, but he said it. He said the number one skill set, the number one thing that great marketers, especially CMOs, need to do in the future is spend as much time with their customers as possible. And if you dedicate 30 minutes a week to either listening to a customer story, capturing a customer story, spending some time talking to it, Walt Disney... When he was about to die, and he was the most famous person in the world, one of the wealthiest people, dying of cancer, injured, would still walk the park at Disney World. (laughs)
0: That's so cool.
1: Steve Jobs. He spent eight months in the Apple store building it out, thinking about what it's going to feel like for his customers. Yeah. So it's the number one thing that I think almost no one does. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. People who have been listening
0: to the show know that the last couple of months in the summer months, I was doing all our discovery calls just because we had an issue with our sales department. guy went on medical leave and then ultimately left and so forth. But it was the best part for me to get back to not only I still go out and visit customers, which I could not do that during that period, but it's something that I do during all the rest of the year just spent two full days with one of our biggest customers just to really understand this. And I'm not saying this to brag like, oh, my God, Ralph Burns is so smart. It's the basics. It's understanding. Obviously, I've got a podcast where I have to kind of talk to the pains and the desires of potential customers, but it's where you learn the most. And I think Sam Walton or somebody said it somewhere. I think it was Sam Walton. My dad actually used to say this, too because I think this is important, is like, there is no personal life that you can't learn something from. You can always learn something from someone. And especially if you're in business, that is so essential. There's no more important truth, because it's from the horse's mouth, so to speak. If you're a CMO or a director of marketing or VP of marketing, you're getting whitewashed by your people. (laughs) <laughs> you, you are <laughs> you definitely you are. are it's human nature i've got a great leadership team i know you do as well like we have actually used the same consultant to help build our companies the point is is like i still talk to the frontline people to get their take on it i'm like don't bullshit me tell me what you really think we do the same on the customer side is it perfect no but at least you should be doing it as a business owner, because it's absolutely essential.
1: Yeah. Real quick, I just want, I mean, it's like the first story in the book, but there was a business owner who was watching his clients and watching his customers walk through the door. He sat there every single day and watched them. And you know what he watched? He watched how many steps in between when they bought a hot dog and threw away the wrapper. And they (laughs) placed trash cans every 30 steps. That was Walt. Walt Disney did that. And he did that himself. He could have gotten people to do that. When you watch and like being there, and observing and really listening to them, not just what they're saying, but how they're saying it and asking them questions. So what well, was famous for like grabbing people and essentially interrogating them for five hours, <laughs> all this AI stuff, everything that we're all want is, is super sexy. It will never be supplanted by this. And in fact, the people that do this are the ones that are going to win. And I think the people that don't do it are going to end up on the other side of the AI trap and I've seen so much of this, you know, I had an agency owner send me over his landing page. I'm like, do you, do you use ChatGPT to write this, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. It's <laughs> pretty it is. Bland. It's yeah. pretty bland, no specificity, nothing. So I cannot stress it enough. And if you haven't dedicated, just dedicate 30 minutes a week. It's a great point. And we
0: always talk about AI yeah, here on the show. But the point is, is that... Yes. Is AI a great tool? Absolutely. But it still doesn't supplant the human brain. And it doesn't supplant a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today, which is listening and interviewing your customers, which is one of the keys to great video. And it's not necessarily the things that you think that it is. So we're going to be getting into that here today on today's show. Make sure that you do go over to our YouTube channel and watch this. We've got some pretty cool graphics of sort of mind maps, a lucid chart, actually, that Ian's going to be going through here today that show you how you probably think about how people come through your site and become customers and how they actually do and what you can do in order to make videos, in order to help grow your business and ultimately scale. So check that out over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. We're going to be back with Ian Garlic right after this quick break.
1: You're listening to Perpetual Traffic.
0: Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddies Scott Brandley and DJ Sprigg. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. All right, so we are back with Iron Garlic. One of the interesting things that we talked about before we hit the record button here today was how so many people, right now, especially if you're looking on YouTube, you're looking at all the socials, they're starting to look the same. And mm-hmm. I mean, we're guilty of it as well. I mean, there's obviously AI tools that help you splice up long form video into short form video. We've talked about Opus many, many times here. And a lot of videos are starting to look like Alex Hermosi videos. And you you had an interesting conversation, which is fine if you want to make as much money on your YouTube channel as you actually spend on YouTube, which conversation I had with him a year or so ago. I was like, wow, that's pretty good arbitrage. But the point is, is you had a conversation with Gary Vaynerchuk a while back, and it was super interesting, and it's actually sort of changed the way that he – markets videos. A lot of people look at him as like another great example of how I should sell my business or promote my business, especially in the B2B space. But you found some counterintuitive things that he told you just through experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, we talked about it. And when I interviewed him a while ago, he was still in the inception. Now, YouTube, he got big at with Wine Library, B2C. Well, he kept up the B2C play on his YouTube channel. So he was really going for the masses. He was not speaking to the Fortune 50, Fortune 100 companies he was selling to, which he had a play, which was smart because he could test stuff out. But it did not lead directly to, and in fact, did turn off some business that was Fortune 500. Because you see all the stuff that Gary V does, him swearing, hanging out, not being very professional, which is fine. That's his thing. He can get away with that now. But for a long time, he wasn't getting away with it. And you think that that's gonna do something for your agency, it's gonna do something for your business. If you're a B2C, it can work. It can work really well. But B2B, I mean, in the end, do you wanna work with some dude that's like bro in a sweatshirt? Most people that are gonna spend a million dollars with the company don't wanna see that. And appealing to the masses and saying the same stuff and just regurgitating it over and over and over again. I'm seeing that so much. and like you said, like Hormozy too. Everyone wants the Hormozy style graphic, the Hormozy style. And there's a lot of people selling it. But his wife, I saw on a podcast talking about how they were not feeling good about their content just because they were feeding the algorithm. Mr. Beast has to feed the algorithm. It's still not speaking to the B2B. Now, yes, he's gotten a billion dollar offer. That's 12, 15 years into it. Do you have 15 years? That's <laughs> <laughs> a long play. That's a long play yeah. and a lot of money and a lot of 12, 14-hour days just feeding that and working from his parents' basement until he had enough money to get out of his parents' basement.
0: Well, I mean, a lot of people look at overnight success or what they think is overnight success as something that actually happens overnight, but it's usually 10 or 15 years in the making. I forget what the stat is on Hormozy, but I believe it was 10 years in the making at least. I mean, (laughs) <laughs> I know Tom, a mutual friend of ours, Tom Breeze, used to run his ads way back when, when he was doing gym launch. Gym launch. Yeah. yeah. So like that was sort of the genesis of it. And obviously he's got sort of a back end for acquisition.com. I get it. And there is mass in there and mass appeal, but it, you don't necessarily have to get to that level. You don't need Hormozy level popularity to scale and grow your business, especially if you're going B2B. I was talking to a kid at the gym the other day. The kid, well, he's not a kid, he's a man, but he's like, he has a social <laughs> presence. He's one of my son's former like baseball friends. I was telling him about our YouTube channel. I was like, yeah, it's only been up for like three months or so. And it's got 700 followers, whatever, 700 subscribers. He's like, yeah, that's pretty good. I'm like, it is actually pretty good because we're not trying to go millions here. We don't want to go to the mass market. I run an agency we try to help CMOs, directors of marketing, VPs of marketing. That is a small group of individuals who I don't know as if they're watching a whole lot of my TikTok videos, but you know what? Every once in a while, one does go viral. We have one that has like 400,000 views. He's like, that's amazing. I'm like, it is, I guess, but how many people there are my ideal customer profile, the types of people I can actually really help with my business that are in that 400,000 views, Probably very, very few. Now, there is a mass. If any. if any, if any. So if I talk to the avatar specifically, I think that's one of the things that Vanderchuk sounds like he sort of figured out. Transitioning from B2C over to B2B, to to B, it's a different message now, which is what we're going to
1: be talking about here today. It is a different message. You know, we don't talk about this and everyone's like TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. But the difference between TikTok and YouTube and t- youtube and everything else is i mean you talk about why people are there facebook people are there to be entertained tiktok people are learning a little but they feel like they're learning right and then they're getting entertained youtube people are actually learning and i it's something i call the tiktok ick because i know if i get stuck on tiktok i'm like Ugh, i don't feel so great about myself <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've just eaten like a uh, half a dozen donuts <laughs> exactly but you get caught in it i found myself in there the other day and i think When you feel that way, you project that onto the content and the people on there, too. So I think that there's another thing. Because if you're on YouTube, I go there to learn. I go there, you know, guitar, ukulele, everything. So I don't feel as bad getting stuck on YouTube. And so I think that's another thing we got to think about when we're driving traffic is what is someone's mental state in that traffic, in that platform. So
0: explain this to me. So definitely head over to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. We've got a screen share here of a mind map lucid chart of a couple of different ways in which to look at how your customers actually travel through your customer journey, customer acquisition
1: path. Yeah. And we fall into this trap. I realized this years ago. And if you spend enough time with customers and you watch them and really watch them doing stuff you realize that this isn't the truth but we think that you get a referral especially referrals heavy referral business in which most big agencies are that this is what happens they go to your website they go to your homepage, they read your blogs which in reality no one's reading your blogs they go to your contact page and they email you yeah and they skim them they might skim the topics at best even if they're really interested and then they wait for you to call back they're just sitting there waiting for you to call back they're not doing any other research on you, on your industry, and then they hire you, right? This is how, we, for some reason, we think, especially like people driving PPC for their agency. I see this all the time for their B2B business, that they drive to a landing page and they think, why is my landing page not converting? And they spend all this time optimizing their landing page. I'm like, well, if it's someone you want to spend 20, 30, 50, 000, they're not going, they're not going to opt into your landing page. They're going to go do research. So one of the things I start to do is like, this is actually a toned down version of this because I did this for attorneys, but let me see here if I can use the lucid chart properly. This is really kind of how people are searching. And so if you're just
0: listening, let me just explain this to you. So you have a chart where it's a nice linear progression, pay-per-click to landing page, to blog, to website form, to customer. It's like seven touch points, maybe, or five or six touch points, which is seven yeah. touch points is the old paradigm, of course. But anyway, this is actually on a site. It doesn't necessarily work like that. We're going over to an image which is slightly more complex, but actually
1: toned down where it's a gazillion different things happening all at once. So, continue. And it's a gazillion different things. And you know what? Fair play to you, Ralph. Uh, you were the first one that I saw a year or two ago talk about Google's 500 touchpoint study. They're exposed to your brand 500 times. And everyone's like, well, how can that be? This is how that happens. It's people, they Google you, and then do a couple different searches. They do your biz name, your name. They're not just researching the name of you or your business. They're researching your name, your business name, your name, plus reviews. That can happen in literally less than a minute, right? How fast can we do searches? And Google's suggesting them. So they're just clicking on that. They review your socials. They go to your LinkedIn. They go to your YouTube. They go to your website. They go to your homepage. Maybe you have a great case story on there. But then hopefully you're sending them back to YouTube. They Maybe they land on your blogs through search. They go through your services, your process. By the way, this is a little hint about us. It used to be the second most used tab on the website. We start adding process pages. It overtook the about us. Really? Yeah. So contact us page. Good most tip right there.
0: Con- Good tip right there.
1: <laughs> Another nugget. A uh, little nugget. Yeah, we did heat maps across like 100 websites. Process, like how
0: I do what I do as opposed to like who I am.
1: Yeah. Well, they want to know how it works. If you're in any type of service business, if you're a SaaS business, and the process should be from their point of view. I know the sins ridiculous. It's what are they going to experience? It's not we, 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 we. It's you, 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 you. How many customer journey maps have you seen that like an agency does? And it's like they opt it. They land on a landing page like I showed up above. They land a landing page, do an email. They get to an email form. We send them an email seven series. I'm like, that's your process, not theirs. So remember only two most service page businesses. You have a 2% conversion rate on your website at best they're checking out your LinkedIn, they're checking out your Google, they're doing more searches about you. Now they're distracted, right? <laughs> Where to eat tonight? <laughs> this is the best part right here. <laughs> Calendar pops up next meeting. They watch Snoop Dogg narrate the Discovery Channel. If you haven't watched that, it is one of the best things uh, on the internet. You've just described my YouTube journey right there, by the way. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Friend sends an Instagram post. Now I'm down another rabbit hole, right? <laughs> but and then I'm like, oh, I'm still researching Ralph's company. What question about services? Maybe let me look at some of the alternatives. Ralph told me about lean back social media. Uh, so let me research that. Oh, let me research some of Ralph's competitors. Oh, look, I found Cosm. He's much better than Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> you paid him to say that. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> they Google, and then we get distracted on YouTube, more YouTube videos. We're looking, we're researching on YouTube. Maybe you said something I don't know anything about. People that spend a lot of money. plus a year with you are intelligent people. There's very rarely someone that can spend a million dollars with you over a lifetime. That's not a smart person. So they're doing multiple modes of research. They're on Amazon researching things that you described because it's too easy not to. They might check out TikTok. And then we got to think about ChatGPT. What do we look like? What do we look like on there when someone puts your name in a ChatGPT? This happens over and over and over again, over the weeks to hours, hours to weeks. I'd say those like, are hundreds of hours. touch points right there
0: in your chart. I love the kids get sick, client calls, refrigerator breaks. That's all part of it. That's not a touch point to you, but that is a touch point.
1: It is a touch point, right? I mean, this stuff literally happens to me, right? It's like I was trying to buy, I'm not going to say what service because if I do, this is one of those heavily marketed services. I'm getting retargeted 8,000 ways, but I was wanting to get this home service and I kept getting distracted. My wife's like, are you doing that? I'm like, oh yeah, literally all this stuff happens. And I forgot about it. It's not that I didn't want it. But these are all opportunities. Now, imagine if you just only had customer stories showing up in all these places on top of that. People talking about how great you are in all of these places. That's the simple opportunity of video case stories. Then you can have additional content and everything. But you need to be speaking to this person and grabbing their attention based on why they're coming to you. Like one of our clients, Marty, social media agency, I don't know if you know Marty, a bad rhino, but they've landed some major clients because they speak to the bigger clients. They speak to the C-suite. The C-suite passed around their YouTube channel. They grew a couple hundred percent just through YouTube because they just spoke to these people. Not, I'm gonna try and get 100,000 views. They have, last time I checked, 89 subscribers and made millions of dollars because they just speak to these moments. And then I didn't even put in here after they set an appointment with you. How often do we just stop marketing when someone sets an appointment with you, they're doing more research about you. They're trying to figure out if you have an office, they're going to your office. If you're a small local business, they're probably looking at places to eat, recipe videos, cat videos, ukulele lessons. That's me. And researches new thoughts on the problem. And they're back into this whole mode. And we've got to be thinking this way because there's no attribution. This is not in the funnel. But if they're researching three companies and one shows up in all these places looking professional, one shows up looking like Alex Hermosey, and one doesn't show up at all. Which one's getting higher?
0: Well, oh, is there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's there. But yeah, I wasn't paying attention to my book launch calendar, and he launched his book two days before mine. So oh, <laughs> boy.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It does happen. Yeah. It's, it does happen. You can always relaunch volume it. two or the yeah. new improved version. I didn't make it to number one, but I've been in the top 20 for two months now. So that's good. So an interesting big part of this is the
0: Amazon Kindle Audible part to it. We have a lot of people that have come on this show and the importance of having a book. It's really, it's another touch point. It's a big touch point and a gargantuan project, but that unto itself, let's set that one aside. What you're really talking about is customer videos. And how you do what you do interspersed among all the other pieces of information. And if you're doing, we found this to be the case with Outbound, a way in which to get attention is to be helpful and useful and a couple of touches. And then, oh, by the way, here's somebody who found Tier 11 useful. And it's very, very intentional. But it's like you're taking this to the next level with this video idea. Can you explain how this fits into this whole process and where you sort of insert it so that it doesn't seem like it's, it's a constant commercial and it's overly crass?
1: Yeah, it's video case story. It's not a case study. It's not a testimonial. It's not saying, Taylor Levin's amazing. It's like, oh man, I've been trying to solve my Facebook traffic problem for, you know, I'm just burning money right? My account got shut down six times. Those stories, your clients have like five or six of those stories. So you have different versions of them. And you know, you go from cold to warm to hot as you get over to here. Yeah, we're talking about Ralph and how awesome he is. But back here, we're talking about all things that are tough and why most Facebook agencies suck. And I'm just using general Facebook agencies. Sorry. Uh, I know you do a lot more, but back here, it's I have a traffic problem. I'm trying to figure out how to get more traffic, how to get quality traffic, how to get quality leads. Why do my leads suck? And you just have your customers talking about those. That's where you have to have a methodology for thinking about their story, how you're going to ask about their story, and ask at each point in the journey. Because three magical things happen when you do that. Number one, you get a great story. So you get a great amount of content that you can flip and flop depending on where they are in a customer journey you can have a quick youtube short in here about what and i'm pointing at like you can see me pointing at my screen um, <laughs> of course uh, but over here it can be some youtube shorts but down here this could be well, this is what we did for chris Raya at rankings.io how to get to the first page of google for a car accident attorney we have a 30 minute video and it's a customer story about how they got them to number one and that gets the view time so You've got to be thinking through a customer journey. You've got to get a bunch of different stories, different hooks. So you get this amazing content. Plus, then you are learning about your customer journey. When you're interviewing them, you're learning more about them. Always people listen to these interviews. are like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know what was happening in their day. You find out more about the cat videos or more about the Snoop Dogg that they watched or what platform that they're on. But when you talk about it naturally, you talk about their kids getting sick. Like this one actually makes me tear up a little. But one of our clients, Fran Tarkin, Tarkin Financial, we have a case story of them talking about one of their clients was at their office when they found out his daughter almost got killed. And like how much the team just rallied for weeks and months around him. Those are the stories that you find, and there's nothing to do with the business side of it. But man, you watch that, and you're like, This is a company I want to work with. Right. If you're retargeting to that story, no one's going to be like, I hate you. Why are you always in my feed? <laughs> I mean, someone might. There's some horrible little 13 year olds out there that sure. are just trolling you, but it's always the 13 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were there, right? I can't imagine if I'd have had this stuff. And on top of it, you find your positioning statements. This is the thing that makes my eyes literally bleed. And like my ears hurt is when I'm in a marketing meeting for like two hours and people are just like circular talking about their marketing and trying to figure out their value proposition. I'm like, why not just go talk to your customers? Mm -hmm. Right? And it's like, we're going to craft this perfect phrase that does this logo. I literally had the client say, does this logo say strength? I'm like, know what you do for your clients as strength and it's reinforced by whatever you put in front of them but we get that when we talk about our customers and so we we take this through this process what we call the tackle box process because what i found too is people get these awesome hooks and angles and then they're just floating in the ether so we've developed a system for putting them all in one place so you can find them when you start a marketing campaign And you start to find these patterns and you're like, oh, we are great at this thing. Or there's another way that we serve our clients that we didn't talk about. So I know I went into a long ramble. I've been doing this for a long time. But this is where you have to be obsessed with thinking about this. This is where you're going to win. It's not going to be. What's the prompt I put into ChatGPT to get me the best Facebook hat? It's going to be like, hey, here's Julie. Here's her life story. Here's what she does in a day. Here's her talking about working with us. Here's talking about her problems. Let's put that all into AI. And now let's see where the patterns are. Right. Is this one of the biggest problems that businesses make
0: at this juncture? Because it's fun. I mean, I talked to a huge agency yesterday about a potential partnership, and we just sort of were explaining what we do. He's like, oh, you guys are omni-channel. I'm like, yeah, I suppose, but this isn't really reflected on the site. But it made me realize, I'm like, wow, these guys are really, really big. One of the biggest in the space. And they still think in terms of what you offer as opposed to what you provide for the customer or what you do for the customer. I was like, yeah, that's it. But embedded in what we do is really is client success and helping them achieve their vision. All the other stuff doesn't really matter. Do we do all those things? Yeah, all those things. But do they really care? Well, they might come to like us for Facebook ads or they may come to us for these things. But and I'm just using this as an agency model or an agency example. But I think the same could be said for every business. And it really is turning it back on it doesn't matter how much, how great you say that you are and what you do and it's all about you, 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 meaning the business as opposed to the customer. I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the biggest mistakes. It's but it's not even talking about the success that you create. For your customer. It's getting your customer to talk about it for you and then giving that in the context of a story, which I think is what we're really talking about here, which makes it us as humans are drawn towards stories from the days of the caveman and how information was actually passed around in front of the fire as you're roasting the day's catch or whatever it is. Like That's how it all starts. It's embedded in our DNA.
1: Literally, it is embedded. A friend of mine, amazing author of Immersion, amazing software that measures people's, it's Paul Zach, and he measured people's blood levels. And he measures people's blood levels when they watch stories and, and how oxytocin and cortisol evolve. There's science in this, and everyone's like, story, it's so touchy feeling. And he shows it's like when you get that high emotional peak, it affects directly how people decide afterwards. On anything. One of his books, he talks about that if you show someone with a highly emotional story afterwards, they're more likely to decide positively on anything that they do after the story, how you connect brand to it. So stories, we use it as a short term, but it's all about emotions, which is all about chemistry, which is all how we decide. The customer stories are critical because no one wants Facebook ads. No one wants an agency. Most people hate the idea of getting an agency. They want the transformation. They want that business outcome. They want to grow. They want to own their industry. They all have different outcomes and different transformations. That's the story you want on your website. They want the after state.
0: They want to hint at the before state, but they really want the after state. So if we break this down into, and by the way, if you're not watching this over on our YouTube channel, definitely head over to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. You can see all of this there and the mind map and how we kind of go through this This can be done in a gazillion different iterations. But the point is, is I don't know how many touch points are in your model here, but it's greater than seven, which I was taught in marketing class back in, I don't even know, 19, something or other. I don't (laughs) even know what year it was. So how do you do it? Like, is there a formula that you have? I mean, obviously, they go and hire you. We're going to leave links in the show notes for that and obviously read the book and go through it. But from a high level Is there a formula people can use that break through this clutter and get us all out of this bad habit of just wanting to talk about how great we are and all the features that we have in our product as opposed to what really matters, which is the stories and the benefits to the customer?
1: All right. So this is the framework that I've developed over the years. And I constantly worked on this framework. A lot of people build a framework and that's it. This is their thing. They go sell it and it kind of works. This has been evolving actually 17 years now. And goals, your positioning, review that. And what stories do you have? But then you walk through your customer stories. You just talk through your top 10, 15 clients. And this part is all described in the book. The book is not one of these things that I didn't want to be like, here, you've got to talk to me to get all the things. I'm like, no, I got my first one star review the other day. And it was like, this is really hard. <laughs> I'm like it, 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 what we do, yes, there's a process to it. But when you talk through your customers and plan out what do you want, what results you want from talking to them, it's marketing one-on-one. But people skip over to like, hey, I, I just got these great results for this big company. Let's send a videographer out there. I'm like, no, let's plan. Journalists don't go just pick up a story. They plan what the questions are asked. Lawyers hopefully don't show up to your big court case with just a printed out list of questions from Chat they plan it out. So when you talk to your customers, you start to find patterns. We talked about that positioning patterns, hooks and angles. And customer service is great, but what was that customer service moment that transformed it? We had one client. We were doing a video case study for an agency, and we're doing the interview. And in the middle of the interview, he's like, "You want to see great customer service?" Picks up the phone, dials the owner. The owner picks up in one ring. Is like, "Hey." It's like that's great customer service. Uh, And Ralph, that made you a little sick, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I never pick up my phone. (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Well, that was their value proposition. That's their hook. So you go through and then you have someone who cares about your clients interview your clients. Don't send them a list of questions. Don't send out a camera and say, say something great about me. Interview your clients on their story, who they are, what were their problems, what was the process like, what was the process? Not just what was the process, what was the process so that they can describe it? And inside of there, you'll start to find all these different things that you helped people with that you didn't realize. Like you were saying, Ralph set up Omnichannel and it was great. You're gonna talk about like the process of working with you. First big wins, not just the conclusion, first big win. And from there, you're gonna understand your customer journey. Here's the biggest thing I think, besides knowing your customer, do you know the number one reason people decide on anything? What's the biggest influencing factor? I want to say social proof of what other people say about you, but I have a feeling that's wrong. Well, mimetic desire is important. What we see other people do is really, really important. There's a great book on it, Wanting by Luke Burgess, amazing book, but it's the moment. It's the situation. There's all these studies about, they talk about people, priests, guys who are studying to become priests walking over homeless people. Because they were told that they had to get to this place immediately. We decide because of the moment. I Are know you going to have funny. a hot cup for your cold? Yeah. It's the most important factor. So when you understand someone's journey, you also have to understand their scenes. Are they sitting with their wife? Are they sitting in a boardroom? We have to know those. And once you get into their scene, now you can, this is where great marketing becomes a lot easier. Because if you sit down and go, hey, I'm speaking to Ralph. He's trying to improve, you know, his podcast numbers are, are growing, but he really wants to get YouTube. He's in a boardroom meeting right now. He's talking to our team about YouTube. What can I tell him right now to improve his YouTube channel at that moment? And that's why we're good salespeople initially, but we're horrible at online marketing. We try and talk to demographic. And from there, what we do is we just do a documentary style process and we ask people questions. So we ask and we put them in that moment, but you just start shooting those videos and speaking to that person at that moment. And then you can relate back to the case stories because now, you know, now you're into it. The rest of that stuff. Now it's, there's technical stuff around YouTube, but if we do just that, think about our customers, think about their moments, speak to their moment, you're going to do pretty well.
0: And the opposite of what most people do is... Not speaking in the moment, but what's the thing like? The people listening say, "Oh, I do that all the time. I should be doing this instead." Yeah, we just speak in generalities. We speak in
1: what's platitudes the don't do for that. Yeah, don't see what gets a ton of views because you don't know who's viewing it. Don't go. Here's five things you need to do to get your website ranking higher. That will get attention, not always the right attention. You got to think about the moments closer to when they're buying from you. What's it going to be like to work with Ralph? What's it be like to be work with this team? Who are his account managers? How do his account managers work? Will he work well with my other marketing team? Will he look all right to my CEO? These are some of the questions early on, closer to the sale. And people, don't start so far out of your sale and speak to someone very, like, I'm going to get Billy excited because he loves burgers and I love burgers. So I'm going to do a bunch of burger videos. So don't speak to generalities and don't be afraid to be very specific. Specificity and authentic. Like open. I know we all talk about authenticity, but if you really think about that person at that moment, this is where Gary Vee did a really good job because I forget her name, but he always talked about this you know, 35-year-old woman and what's going on in her life. If you speak to that moment and that person, you're going to win. Because so many people, too, speak to everyone. They're like, I'm going to turn off this person or I'm going to turn off this person. So this is where it, it helps to have someone coaching you.
0: Yeah. It does. My guess is that a lot of people struggle with this. It's just because it's so counterintuitive because we're all very, very inwardly focused as human beings. Really, it is all what's in it for me. But as a marketer, it's got to be the exact opposite of that. Like the great marketers get to that point. I think the merely good marketers kind of get there, but what we're talking about is a complete transformation of really putting yourself in the other person's shoes and talking about them specifically and what they're going through at that moment of their life, because that's what matters most. And even using examples of it to articulate a specific point, like the 35-year-old example in Gary Vaynerchuk's yep. case.
1: Yeah. Oh, exactly. My one client, Marty, runs a social media agency. He didn't talk about running social media. He talked about what type of social media manager you need and how to measure if your social media manager is good and how to where does direct response fit, fit into your social media marketing campaign. And these are the types of questions that we have to really think about. And we do kind of as humans when they're across from us, but it's so easy with the computer on the other side. And then we start to mirror Alex Tom and generalities. Like I was watching his stuff the other day and it was good. And it's like, Hey, you've got to have a good offer. Uh, You know, it's like, (laughs) he explains what an offer is for 30 minutes. I'm like, I don't want to work with someone who has no idea what an offer is. Do you? Mm, No, (laughs) no. I mean, it's just because
0: they're so far away from being able to work with me. Yeah. In the case of the example that you just talked about, it was not the top five tips for setting up a successful Instagram campaign. It was the top five tips for hiring and or what a good media buyer looks like. Those are two very different, and I think we're coming back to one of our original themes here when we first started talking. It's talking to two separate avatars by way of the content itself. The first one is very much the doer. Like if you have a do-it-yourself course on teaching people how to run Facebook ads, that would be a video you'd want to do. The top five tips for Facebook ads in 2023 or whatever it happens to be like, that's a doer. But if your ideal customer is not the doer, maybe the doer recommends to the next level up, but you need to talk to the avatar. Think about what they're thinking of. Okay, in the case of this particular case, it might be the VP of marketing, the director of marketing, that kind of thing, because they're the ones who need to know. All right. And when I hire a media buyer, this these are the things that I need to know. If it's coming from an agency, probably the sixth one, the bonus one is, hey, if none of these five work, then the sixth one is an agency. So probably keep that one out. We've all seen that trick. But the point is, is like you create the content around the avatar by thinking through what they're really concerned about as opposed to the opposite. And because a lot of people have asked me, I was like, why don't you do more of this type of content? We used to do that. Well, when we had info products, we were teaching people how to do it. Yeah, we did do that. But that's very different than what we're doing right now. This is a B2B sale as opposed to a B2C sale. sale.
1: Yeah. And an important thing to remember in your B2B sale is especially a bigger company, you have three or four decision makers, and you kind of need to speak to them all. You need to start to know their journey. And I think it's easier to speak to a CEO, a COO, and punch down to the CMO than it is to get the CMO to recommend you because, you know, that's just the reality of it. But that's the other thing we're seeing, too, with YouTube is, you know, I talked to Kasim about it because, it you know, he's had this happen, too, is the YouTube channel gets passed around. It's like you were saying, it's much more easy to watch. And so it's easier for someone to pass around your YouTube channel. And that's where you can speak to the entire company. Because of the way it's also designed, it's easier to see because you can have playlists. And I think that's one thing that you really need to think about when you get empathetic, like we talked about, is what your YouTube channel looks like for these people and how easy easy it is. Because if we jam it up with all this stuff that we're trying to get millions of views on, we're they're going to miss that material that is important to them. Mm,
0: that, yeah. Just to go back to the one of the original points was it doesn't ne- necessarily matter the number of views. It's the amount of people that actually are watching that you really care about at the end. And this journey is a convoluted journey. It's, it's hundreds of touch points all the way through. So what's hundreds. the next step in this process? What's next on our storyboard here? And if you're not watching on YouTube, definitely check out uh, perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. Just reminding you of that. We'll try to explain it in audio format here as best as possible. But what's our next step?
1: So at this point, you've distributed your video case stories to your essential places. One of the things I'll put into video story.com slash perpetual is our fish in the barrel strategy. We go straight to cold traffic, right? Everyone's like, I got leads at $1.47. I'm like, But when these leads leave your funnel, which they're going to, what do they see? So getting your case stories throughout your website, your about us page, your process page, people talking about the process. It's amazing to me how few people have any type of customer stories on their contact us page and how much of, you know, we know card abandonment's huge and ranking for your name, get your case stories ranking for your name in YouTube. You can get the videos ranking there, own more of that space and retargeting. Cosm talked about it when he was on my show. His number one retargeting video was the video case stories. 200K, whatever he spent on YouTube. So we get those customer stories following people around. Now we create our core videos. Your About Us, second most used page on the website. It should be still about them. Your About Us is really like why I love helping you and what really motivates us and the core values that are going to help you. Your process video, we need to have one of those. How is this going to work? Your video FAQs. Some of your how-to videos, but describing how to work with you. And then you increase the visibility for those. Now you start doing additional videos that drive people to it. And eventually you move into cold audiences, connection, and thought leadership. But we've developed this converting mechanism on YouTube with our videos that people can choose their own journey, answer their questions. They get to know us. They get to feel what our customers are like. And we treat our YouTube channel like a website. We're driving people back to YouTube. I used to be all this, I don't want to drive people to anywhere but my website. The fact is, well, I mean, Ralph, what's your time on site right now? It's like two and a half minutes? Like, yeah, it's about, <laughs> yeah, it's about two. That's amazing. Most most websites I see, it's like one thirty because they're on your YouTube channel or they're, doing, they're distracted watching cat videos. So I drive people to YouTube as much as possible because now we have information on there and they're going to get distracted. At least this way, I'm triggering YouTube to know that This is the person I want seeing these types of videos. So we're informing YouTube of who we want seeing these videos. There's a good chance now it's going to be suggested to them. And that's the beauty too, by the way, if they do get suggested, let's call out
0: YouTube what it is, which is one of the best mechanisms ever. It's like, what was that video I was watching going back into history or it'll start showing up right there on YouTube. And then you get another impression. It was like, oh yeah, I forgot I watched that guy before he seemed to know what he was talking about. Or maybe he didn't, but he caught my attention before I got distracted by the kids or the broken water heater or the cat video or yeah. whatever. And happened. then
1: it suggested again. And you're not feeling bad and you're like, oh yeah. And then you have case stories and they're showing that, hey, now I think this is where so ma- I see so many business YouTube channels fail is they forget to sell what they're doing. <laughs> you know, it's like, you, you know, they maybe do it at the very top and then they have all these random informational videos on how to use WordPress. I was li- literally looking at someone's videos that was like selling, you know, I see this in so many agencies. They're teaching how to log into Facebook and they're selling social media services and there's nowhere saying, this is what we do. So you still want to sell it. But yeah, they get mm-hmm. suggested and you get that impression. Even if they don't click on your video, you're getting the impression. Google said it. It's so powerful, those impressions. So to wrap it up, then you just keep continue to repeat the problem. Yeah. So like this is an amazing process. And we'll
0: obviously, we'll leave a link for you to be able to download all this because this is a pretty chunky presentation. If you haven't been watching on YouTube, you want to check out com forward slash perpetual. At the end, we'll talk about some bonuses that you might get with that. But anything to add before we talk about what people might be able to get from you for free, which is a pretty yeah, good so- offer.
1: It doesn't end. You can create these core videos. I have clients that literally 15 years later, videos still working. But now we feed into this and we expound upon it. We improve upon it. We evolve it. We continue to collect more customer stories and you focus on the customers and those customers will inform making more videos. And I'm all in on YouTube and you should have a rhythm with it. But if you just stay in this process you're not going to get distracted because you can get distracted by subscribers and total views. You can run YouTube ads. YouTube ads can help. Everything else feeds this. But if you continue this process, you're going to win. I have yet to have, I have clients I've, I've had for 15 years. And it just continues to work. But you've got dedicated to it. I don't know about you. I mean, your sons are older. My son's nine. Yesterday, literally the whole day he was homesick, Watch YouTube on our TV. YouTube's not going anywhere and investing in it is not going to be like investing in other channels where it, it could disappear tomorrow. It's just not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed it myself just spending so much more of my view time on YouTube
0: because it's like exactly what I want in so many different ways. And the more I watch, the better it actually becomes. It's making suggestions and finding other content that I didn't even know existed. And it's scattered all around exactly like what you're talking about here. So this is super good. So as far as a giveaway for our Perpetual Traffic listeners, I know they can go over to videocasestory.com forward slash perpetual. If you don't know how to spell perpetual at this stage <laughs> of your journey, if you've been listening to us for 500 shows, I can't really help you there, <laughs> but it is... Video case story.com forward slash perpetual. What is the
1: extra special? I know a lot of people say this is just for your audience and I'm guilty of that, but this is literally just for your audience because I'm going to give you the tackle box, the tool that we use, which is every marker that's been through. It's like, this is game changing. Kasim's been through it. Hopefully you'll be through it soon, but we give you that. We're going to give her a fish in the barrel strategy. It's a 10 video course on where to use video case stories to convert more of the business that you already have floating around. Every 10th person, I'm going to send a hard copy of the book up to 15 copies. So once we get to 150 people, if you really want the book, email me. (laughs) And on there, I'll put all these charts too. So you have access to all of these charts as well. So you can go through it. And if you want to go DIY it, you can DIY it. Crazy. crazy value. And the book, once
0: again, you can get it on Amazon. Is that the best yep. place to get it? Do you have a specific URL for uh, that I mean, as just, well?
1: Just Google video testimonials on Amazon or Amazon search video testimonials. If you look up video testimonial book, it should be number one. I did some SEO there. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and baby. even though I hate testimonials, well it was like the most searched. So I'm, I'm a sucker for traffic. It's all right. It's all right. You are a marketer at the heart of it all.
0: So definitely check that out at videocasestory.com forward slash perpetual. Also, we'll leave links in the show notes to the book, Video Testimonials That Land the Big Fish. Yes, sir. Right? That's the biggie. That's the biggie right there. Thank you so much for coming on yet again. I think this is... Is this your this second my or third second time, time perpetual time. traffic? I've lost count. Second. It seems like it's been more, but because there's so much value here, maybe this... Might actually be two episodes, so maybe it is your second <laughs> like and your here. third time on. Pretty good. So thank you. Obviously, we've given links here that you can reach out and you can connect with Ian. Make sure that you do subscribe and leave a rating wherever you're listening to podcasts. We are pretty much everywhere now. We're even going to be on YouTube music, which is awesome. pretty exciting over on the podcast side of the equation. So yeah, you got to be there. I got to be everywhere at this point. Of course, follow us on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram, you name it. There's a perpetual traffic social for just about everything. Go back and listen to previous episodes. And of course, check out our YouTube channel at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube.
1: Ralph, you do a great job on your LinkedIn. It's like genuine, good information about marketing, thought provoking. Definitely. It's different than this stuff. So I appreciate it. Appreciate it. No bullshit over there.
0: That's where I think actually people. (laughs) That's where I think people like really take stuff seriously. (laughs) So it's been fun actually. LinkedIn is a great social channel. My favorite social channel these days. So follow me on LinkedIn. Follow Kosam on all his Twitter's. He's everywhere. He's like you know the world's philosopher now. After he sold his agency, he's searching for a new career. Ryan, that's it. He's going down that rabbit hole. That's at Kosam. Ozlem will even give him a plug, even if he's not here today. And thank you so much for coming on Perpetual Traffic for you know your second or maybe third episode thank here. Thank so much. One of the most trafficked people on Perpetual <laughs> Traffic. On behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam, until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic.